0: Welcome to episode 48 of the Frontend Happy Hour podcast. It's been a great year and we continue to enjoy putting together new episodes. Thank you to everyone who continues to listen to the show. This will be our last episode of 2017 and we'll start back up in January. Since it's the end of the year, we thought why not do a bit of reflection of 2017 and talk about things that we're excited for in 2018. Let's go around the table and give brief introductions of today's panelists. Jam, you wanna start
1: it off? Uh, Jim Young, Senior Software Engineer at Netflix.
2: I'm Brian Holt, and starting in 2018, I will be a Senior Cloud Developer Advocate for Microsoft.
3: Oh, really?
0: Yeah. Really? That, that's, wow. That's Congrats, news. Dude. Congrats. This is the first we're hearing about this. I love it.
4: Okay, dude, this is this is not good news. Yeah, I know. Well,
0: it's... as if you're breaking this on yeah. the episode.
4: So let me get this straight: you spent the first 50 episodes bashing Microsoft, and you're
2: getting <laughs> closer and closer. I don't, I don't half-ass things as now. I don't, don't or... have <laughs> They're
3: bringing you on to help. Yeah, yeah. We need to turn you like a super of
2: all the
1: Microsoft?
0: <laughs> yeah, as a, as a parting gift for Brian, we'll yeah. make all the
2: cuts of everything he's ever said.
1: Oh, Bad about at Microsoft. Uh, yeah. that Microsoft. A few Derek's. Like
2: yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be like employed at Microsoft for like two days. <laughs> yeah. They'll be like that podcast you were on. What podcast? That's I think Brian I Holt. think that's another
0: Brian Holt. It's a very
2: common name.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that's amazing news. Congrats,
4: Brian. Thank you. And Derek. Um. Well, in 2018, I'll still be a
3: senior software engineer at Cool. <laughs> but you'll still be employed by Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Augustus, still front-end engineer at Evernote.
0: And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm still a software engineering manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the podcast, we will all take a drink. What did we decide today's keyword is? Microsoft.
1: Trend. 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 Trend.
0: (laughs) Stop being a Microsoft advocate. Uh, uh, Okay, okay. Sorry, trend. Trend. Wrong job. (laughs) All right, so if anyone in the podcast says the word trend, we will all take a drink. All right, well, let's get started. I'm interested to hear what are some of the highlights for each of you that you'd like to share that happened in 2017? Like, seriously, nothing good happened.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Put it down here.
0: Alright, let me start off with one of them being Stacy London joined our podcast full-time. That's, pretty, time. Yeah, that's, that, a, good that's one, a pretty that's good, good win.
1: Good oh, Vue.js. I'm pretty sure we called this in 2016. We're like, React won't be around forever. Angular won't be around forever. There'll be another one. Everybody's like, no. Yeah. There's no room. These are the two, and then like, Vue.js is like creeping up there pretty Yeah, definitely hit their hockey stick growth, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, we saw it happening in 2016, but not, not the growth that it had over 2017.
1: Highlights. We made a lot of new friends especially with the podcast. I don't want to name some cuz I'll forget others and then they'll be slighted, but you know who you are out there. <laughs> like we we talk regularly. I mean, I made a lot of friends to this podcast Absolutely. just like, traveling around, just smart people with different ways of thinking about problems, which is awesome. Absolutely.
0: Brian got his first tattoo? Oh
1: yeah, yeah. and yeah. second.
0: Yeah, and second all in one year. Yeah. What way to go. Yeah. ES6 became a lot more supported in browsers? Yes, ES, ES2015. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I should call it ES 2015. Thanks, Brian.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I became a dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty <Holy> trippy. <laughs> that.
2: I give that like a, like a four out of ten. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> <kind> of trend. <laughs> Cheers.
0: Cheers. Cheers. I feel like VR is becoming more adopted. VR and AR. The browsers, like Google and Firefox have adopted more or built more APIs into the browser for VR, um, which has been really cool to see. Definitely.
3: Firefox
1: wants awesome. Yeah, yeah. Firefox Quantum. I'm How'd pretty be? stoked so about great. that one.
0: Yeah. is mind-blowingly fast. That's a great one. I think, Jem, you've picked it as a pick. I've seen like Brian talk about it on Twitter. It's an awesome browser.
3: At React Fiber was React really, Fiber is a good one. Really awesome. Sure. Actually, like one thing that I thought was really awesome is um, how Stanford is trying out JavaScript as a way to teach people in computer science. Like, they had like their first class in in 2017 to like teach.
1: CSE fundamentals. I thought that was like really
0: awesome. I mean JavaScript everywhere, right? I know no. all the
1: things I'm gonna say and this one's more controversial uh, There's quite a few boot camps that closed down which I'm actually okay with I I had like a very strong opinion about boot camps and their value that they're providing to some people and I think a lot of them popped up out of nowhere with no like fundamentals and they're just like Let's make money and a lot of them closed down because they weren't—they didn't have good fundamentals, which I think is better for the community in general.
4: Yeah, I think—I mean, I think you probably agree. I think there's definitely value. I mean, my wife, who's also on the podcast a couple times, she went to one, and and like it's completely changed her like life. I mean, yeah, you know, and so that's a success story. But I think I agree—is it's definitely one of those things that became a trend. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers! Cheers! Even during her experience, which is one of the ones that closed actually. Um, w- you know I, I could see that they were I, I don't know' just promising a lot of uh, things that are really hold are hard to like to to it's almost like promising a get rich quick scheme you know totally. and I think like if it wasn't for that and it was just hey here's a step in the right direction to get you motivated which is what Sarah which is what it did for Sarah then you know but not everyone's always in the same financial position, too. So you know you can't like some people can't take three months and then continue to take time off until they are while they keep. But it's
0: kind hours. of dirty too, is they're like come do this for three months and then you'll make 150k a year, and I feel like that's a lot yeah. of the ones that that's how they're selling people on. No, I
2: feel like it's okay. So from I I've, I've spoken at many of the boot camps. I know a bunch of people that run the boot camps. I wouldn't. Uh, frame them as dishonest I would frame them as optimistic and uh, people like Sarah people like Pat Higgins people like Nico Hubner, like these people that I know get into these boot camps and work their fucking asses off right and then they get awesome jobs and they're just they're hopeful that uh, that by working their asses off they'll get awesome jobs and by, by working their asses off they get jobs what is the unfortunate byproduct of this is that um, they also, in this wide net that they cast, catch people that just want to get rich quick scheme, like just much like uh, Derek was alluding to. And it's not that it's it is a hard field. It's getting harder to get into. It was much easier than when we all were getting into it. And over time, it probably will just get harder to get into. So it's not get rich quick. One thing, not to harp on this this topic, but it's interesting.
4: One thing that hopefully trend, cool trend, is, cool trend. Cool yeah. trend. Cheers. cheers, cheers. I don't really have any like facts on whether or not this happened, but I can only hope that it did. Is that it encouraged? One thing I think that the boot camps did well is um, delivered on like fresh content and people from like the the industry that were like recently in yeah. the industry, and like I think a lot of times that's not always true in like traditional college education. So. Hopefully that this is like, you know, like kind of lit a fire and and builds a better trend. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers. Cheers.
1: Yeah. I'm not knocking boot camps, but I, my impression was probably the same as yours, Ryan. A lot of them were like guaranteed to make this amount when it, maybe that's true, but like, I don't think that should be the selling point. It should be like, change the way you think about problems, like learn how to solve problems, find your passion. And if you're passionate at it, you're going to be good at it.
0: and I think that like exactly to Brian's point is there's the people who work their asses off and do a really great job and that's, they're the ones that succeed and probably do go on to make that. It's just, I think the selling point that they say is that you do this and you'll be gar- almost guaranteed. Maybe they don't say that, but it's like alluding to that.
2: Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a wonderful way to watch some people, especially some people of like underrepresented minorities Mm. to like pull themselves out of like poverty and so that like that's been really awesome to watch but it still requires working your ass off for sure
0: so another thing i'd be interested in is as we look back on 2017 we talked about the podcast and like how we've met great people what's your favorite episode that we've done in 2017
2: it's like my children
0: (laughs) (laughs) how
3: do i choose okay i'll choose I'll start. Uh, my favorite episode was the burnout episode. Like I thought that was like a very humanizing episode in the sense that like it's definitely like a real problem that I've experienced and I've seen people experience even though they don't like I feel like some people don't even know that they're experiencing it like they're getting burnt out. and It's like it's just like I would like to see us do more of those kinds of episodes.
2: Yeah, no, I I thought that was a really great episode. I was just in uh, Tennessee for November, and I met with the uh, the guy that runs Vets Who Code, Jerome Hardaway, super solid, upstanding guy. And he's he's a huge fan of the podcast, listens to it all the time. And he told me that like it was really great, but uh, something that he had for criticism for us is that uh, a lot of our stories aren't repeatable, right? Like. Uh, we told our stories like how we got burned out, how we got into the industry, uh, and people that were in his coding boot camp sort of thing, which is what co- vetsu Code does. It kind of yeah. offers uh, vets a way to, to get into coding after after mm-hmm. exiting the military, that a lot of our stories are unapproachable. And that, like, you can't you can't follow my story, right? Like, I had a fucking crazy story. No, no right person should follow what I did because... It, it shouldn't have worked <laughs> and it's not repeatable in that it's sense it's not it's not so anyway like i just wanted to like call that out i thought it was super important i thought what jerome pointed out to me was really great it's
1: actually a good place to uh call out one of our friends podcasts who just started kyle shelvin he has a totally. podcast called second career devs and it's all about people who made the switch from their original career into being a dev which is Dang. such a
0: great idea. because So much more of it happening. I mean, he's one that has done that himself. He was a and, fucking pastor, right? Yeah. That's now, amazing. Yeah, he was a <laughs> pastor, yeah. Yeah, he's created this podcast. Like, I think he's done a couple episodes now. or At least one. Definitely he has plans for all these interviews with people who've kind of gone through that transition. Which, Any other favorites?
1: I like the Web Components episode because the only episode of Front and Half are, are close to two years running that does not have Ryan Burgess. Mm-hmm. That's why it was, it was fantastic. It's fantastic. It's
3: The best episode. Also, <laughs> oh,
0: tre- <laughs> Trey was super it's cool. The, the best. Trey was cool. I, I was sorry to miss that one. I mean, Skate.js is super cool. Yeah. Yeah, Trey and I like we saw eye to eye on things uh, on so many things. It's like weird to hear
1: that in a podcast. I'm like, yeah. It was
2: prophetic that. too. Like I think web. Components becoming more and more relevant. Actually, yes. more recently I feel like they've
0: sprung up. I honestly feel like in the last like couple weeks I've seen more and more about web components, and
2: I don't know why. So it's not because of skate. I, I love you, Trey. I'm so sorry if you're listening to this. He's probably not, because he's got better things to do like change the world. Um what's the new one that I- Ionic released? Stencil? Stencil. Yeah. Thank you. Stencil JS. That's really gonna change the game on, on web components. Um, it's a super tiny polyfill for the web component APIs. It's um, it's really really awesome. Like you can combine it with things like with React to target web components. Uh, it's really like next generation stuff. And then Polymer, excuse me, I'm like five beers deep, so excuse my pronunciation. <laughs> Polymer will re- is upping their game for sure. Like I remember I was when I was first getting in the field, like 2012ish, 2013ish. I went to FluentConf and Web Components was like the like the raging fire I was like this yep. is gonna change the game. And, and that was the last time you heard anything
0: of it? <sighs> I feel like that was I, I, I was at the same conference, so
2: Yeah, I don't wanna Okay, I I apologize. I, I hate shitting on people that do great work, but Polymer at the time was so force feeding the chrome way of doing things down our throats that it was just Wholly unappetizing, especially because Mozilla and Microsoft and Apple were Apple slash WebKit were saying, We're not going to do it this way. This is, you can't do this to us. It was almost Microsoft ish, old Microsoft old Microsoft <laughs> <laughs> So now this is the newer era, Brian's era. Old, old, old. pre Brian. Yeah. <laughs> A way of just like shoving it down your, down your throat and, um, They've really upped their game. Like I want to credit that a lot to like, uh, at not Waldorf on, on Twitter and, and the various people involved in it um, for really coming back to the standards table and really doing great th- things with that. So uh, cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers. i cheers. Trend. Could say it was a positive yeah. trend positive for trend. web components. Cheers. Thank you, Augustus. You're welcome. Brian, what's your favorite episode? Uh, I just love listening to Shirley Wu. She's one of my favorite people in the world. Shirley's great. She's so excited about everything. Yeah. And for a good reason. She's, and she's brilliant. She's brilliant. Like the things that she does with data visualization are just next level. I really just can't say enough pos- positive things about Shirley. She's a positive trend in this industry. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. So Cheers. she's been yes. on two episodes, O'Brien. I know. Yeah. that's pro- which, which you're just picking both. Yeah. All right. I am I'm, I'm, I'm going to pick the one that I, I was on. But oh, okay. uh Yeah, you uh, <laughs> unfortunately couldn't make the first one with her. Yeah, no, I dragged her to the second one. I was like, "No, we got to do this together." And we'll have her on again. I'm sure. Yeah.
4: Derek, what about you? Um my pick is the imposter syndrome episode. Yeah, I just think it's a really great topic and it's definitely something that um a lot of people suffer from and um and I think we had some some good like points on both sides in that episode, too. Just like also the point of um you know being overused sometimes and um, for like certain things so we yeah, had yeah. a lot of good
0: no I think even that term some people don't even realize that yeah, they, yeah. they experience that and then you're like that's the term that describes what I'm going through and yeah I, I really like that episode as well I think one of my favorite ones is getting the bartender's attention, which is episode 45 that we had Bianca, a recruiter. Which is my
2: least favorite president, if we're being honest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We had Bianca on from Netflix. She's a recruiter on our team there. And just like hearing about how to improve building up your resume and how to get attention of the actual recruiting team or hiring managers. I I always find that anytime we're talking about that, it's really valuable to kind of learn and get insight into that. What about biggest disappointments in 2017? could be tech-related. It could be just anything in general.
1: Don't, don't give me anything in general. All
0: right, we'll, that might we'll, be scary. We'll
1: just talk <laughs> about that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say WebAssembly. Because what about WebAssembly? Ooh, nothing really moves in that That's a space. Good. Like it has, but no one's using it to the degree that I was hoping. It's like more of a game-changer than I think people think it is, but... Nothing's really moving yet.
2: Okay, so I, I have to voice some some serious disagreement with Jem here. All right, y'all missed me, right? Y'all. Yeah, definitely. Me. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I think the the Web Assembly game is changing a ton. I think people like Jay Phelps are getting out and really speaking about it. Like, it's getting more and more into like the consciousness of JavaScript developers like rum wasn't built in a day and the internet wasn't built in a decade right like it it takes some times for these things to to change but like technologies like elm technologies like all these other transpiled languages are approaching WebAssembly, and it's i don't, I don't know if we're going to see it in 2018 fully realized but i think 2019 2020 by the time we can change our goddamn fucking president <laughs> WebAssembly will i think will be more and more realized like it's we definitely took a, a first baby step in, in 2017, um, and I think it's going to continue. But, I, yeah, I mean, web stuff just moves too slow for us to fully realize. I feel like an appropriate step was taken this year.
1: I Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I still disagree. Cool. But it, it didn't move to the degree that I hoped that other technologies would. But you can say the same about most technologies. Second biggest disappointment I'm going to say it, and this is going to be a shock to everybody, service workers. Yeah. Not even even though you love them. I love service workers. Yeah. not that service workers themselves are disappointing. It's that people don't get it. Yeah. Still, like two, three years later, like people have been preaching about it. But I still see when someone talks about service workers, like, oh, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? They don't understand how it works. I was in a meeting on Netflix the other day, and I was explaining how service workers and progressive web apps, and people still didn't really understand. It. And that's disappointing that... Like stuff hasn't distilled properly or just they're hearing what they want to hear and be like, ah, magic And, walk away. <laughs> and you know, I, I was really hoping for the web to evolve a bit more and people to be like, okay I understand the pros and the cons and like here's when I use it. Here's when I don't but I I still think there's like um, I don't wanna say Brian Holt syndrome, but I'll say like star <laughs> Starstruck syndrome people were like I heard Brian Holt talking about it so I'm gonna use it today rather than like Here's what he actually said: the pros and the cons. Yeah, and like maybe I should use it, maybe I shouldn't. But I, I it's think still it's, it's used that's, for it's, the wrong circumstances. Yeah, no, that's like, fair. I feel like everyone
0: yeah. is like service worker everywhere will will solve all your problems when it it really doesn't necessarily. I think progressive web apps actually were disappointing in general. I think so. Um, I think to just pile on to the service worker aspect, I feel like there's a misunderstanding on uh, progressive web apps what they actually are and what they're good for and what that actually means, which is also leveraging a service worker for, right. for the most part.
2: I'll make the analogy that progressive web apps are to containers as the web is to Linux. In the, the sense that PWAs are a collection of amazing technologies that make like some phenomenon very possible, but it's actually a collection of technologies that make one thing possible. The same thing with containers containers are like seven different things in Linux that make this like really cool virtualization strategy of possible in Linux. And so it's like a really big moving target that's actually difficult to bring all these different technologies together so that I actually really don't like the term PWAs because it encapsulates too much. It's a moving target. People are like, am I a PWA yet? I was like, well Sure. Maybe? Yes? <laughs> no? Like I, I don't know. I had a discussion with this are about this with uh, Henrik uh, Joriktag. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. Especially a couple drinks in. Sorry, Henrik. Um, on Twitter the other day, I, I consider him the foremost expert on the on the matter. Um, the foremost pragmatic expert on it. We'll go with that. Hashtag love Google. Um, <laughs> I think service workers are fantastic. I think a big problem is with our industries, we have such an influx of non. Um, I don't wanna say like non C S people but um more people that are like not equipped to to deal with that level of complexity yet. Um You think service workers are complex? Yes.
1: Huh. I actually don't, I don't think they're yeah, familiar.
2: I actually for
3: the for the record, uh, talking about how nobody understand maybe maybe you we just give don't a quick it can we give a quick spiel? I'm starting to doubt not understand it. That, that
2: well, that's always appreciated. We'll leave it, leave it to Jim. So What's a service about the worker? First yeah, what are we? Ta- what are you asking? Or uh, let's go both
3: the, well, poll. the d- d- definition of, or I guess the true like understanding of what service workers are meant for, rather than like I guess the naive first load not, caching case. That's not what they're for. Like, what are they actually meant for?
1: Uh, I'll use the definition I actually used in a meeting the other day, and it was if people if you have a single page app and people come back to your site repeatedly and your code does not change that often even if it does actually scratch that if you have a single page web app people come back to your site repeatedly you probably have a good case for a progressive web app possibly but if you have a landing page where people are going to hit it once and then probably not see it again progressive web app is not terribly useful in that instance and that, to me, is one of the biggest differentiators that people just still haven't gotten yet. But going back to the highlight of 2017, I saw the movement and the rise of um, the, let's just send down less JavaScript movement, which is like great, because we've been preaching that for a year or two now. It's just, you want to make your page faster? Just send down less JavaScript. Like It's a very simple concept, but it's just now sinking in, like um, Adi Osmani, Jacques Favreau, like a lot of big people have started being like, yeah, let's just not use a framework or let's just make your page simpler. And they're, they're like two different ideas about web pages and websites, but at the end, they're really not. It's just like, you have to understand your use it's case. Exactly. That's a
2: good
4: point. I feel like this has this has been, a, this has always been a thing though, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it was jQuery and then people were like, no, just use vanilla JavaScript, don't yeah. use jQuery. And now it's like, and then React and, and these frameworks came about and everyone was like, okay, this makes it so much easier to reason about and like, architecture even if you're even if you're doing something small like build it this way because then that way you can scale it well or you know whatever there's like a million different things so i just feel like we constantly go back and forth with this yes yeah, weird, weird trend weird trend cheers yeah. cheers is that too?
1: Cheers. <laughs> cheers keep repeating yourself okay. uh but look up uh this was last year but someone was trying to like what is a progressive web app there's like you know, fifty thousand yeah. blog posts about this is a progressive web app. Nobody actually knows. It's just like a term that was thrown out there. It's a weird umbrella. It is yeah. a weird umbrella. And yeah. it's it's more of a way of thinking, kind of like uh, Flux was a design pattern, not cool. so much yeah, specific technology. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, but people think of it as like it's a technology like I need to implement React, I need to implement a progressive web app. It's like, no, it's it's a way of designing your app and designing your application or a way of like thinking about your visitors, your traffic, things like that, which Honestly, it's a hard problem. Like that's senior engineer level thinking, but I think a lot of people try to jump in the pool and be like, "I got a progressive web app." I'm like, you probably didn't need to. You could have done this with HTML, and like Mm -hmm. like, everybody would have been happy. Yeah,
2: I want to backtrack for just a second and and, and talk about and defend my point of view. Uh, Local API proxy is not that difficult of a concept to finally grasp, even for I'm going to say. Well, I I guess I leave you to be the judge. I'm not going to tell you what's hard and what's not hard. Uh, My asshole ivory tower position is that I think that even junior developers can grasp this with less difficulty. But uh, if you don't, then don't feel bad about it. Um, Because that's more or less what a service worker is going to do with you. You get to write some JavaScript that tells you whether or not you're going to make requests and whether or not you pull from cache. That's like 9 out of 10 of what it does, right? That's fair. Um, the issue with adding that is one, grasping that just to begin with, because there are so many fucking stupid PWA articles that don't explain that like that, and two, it it makes the debugging story greatly more difficult because you don't know what's being fucking cached by your PWA and you don't fucking know what's not. Right? Fair? Fair? Anyone here like, disagree with me? I will fight you. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Oh, you're a, you're a um, de- yeah. a developer advocate for Microsoft. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice one. Good point.
2: <laughs> I will tell your boss.
1: <laughs> uh, caching is a hard problem. Yeah. Like, I, everybody mm-hmm. says it. And you learn to like day one in CS, and you're like, ha ha ha. Yeah, it's a hard problem. But it's genuinely a hard problem. Yes. And solving that is sometimes not worth the effort. Like the payoff of like solving that caching issue is sometimes not worth the effort of building a PWA, and that's. A balance that like you can't just explain this one in an article you have to like they have to get it
2: you have to experience the pain you do. You do. so i maintain that this is a difficult thing to deal with because these are like seven new concepts to javascript developers right. they're yeah. difficult trends jim <laughs> cheers
0: <laughs> cheers. <laughs> cheers what about things you learned in uh 2017
2: i learned that pw pwas are fucking difficult
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we all just learned that one. Cool. Uh, One thing I I definitely did more of, uh, I don't think I used it before 2016, but was React Native. I think maybe at the end of 2016, I started using React Native, and I I love it. It's great.
3: I will say uh, I started learning more Vue because of that whole React license fiasco. Not that I thought that I was going to go Wait, anyway. why wasn't that a disappointment? Let's go I, back. I, I was yeah, a, I, I actually was going to say it, but then... Licenses? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, um, React. I, that, that was like a disappointment, but also like I, I don't know. I, I felt like that can of worms was going to open up someday, potentially. Um, and then it did. It did. Um it, yeah. Actually, I'm kind of disappointed it didn't go on for longer, because it was like hilarious reading Twitter. Like, every day Twitter is like, oh my god. like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> my my elder brother is a patent attorney, whom I hired to analyze the React license pre pre MIT license and say, what's going on with this shit? Should I feel worried about it? Should I warn like warn my Netflix friends about it, etc etc And the the hilarious thing about this whole fucking situation is that if Facebook ever chose to revoke their uh, patent grant, that it would basically go back to being the MIT license. Mm. Then Facebook relicensed React as the MIT license. So it was actually less rights that you had than under the previous license.
0: Oh. What?
2: Really? True story. Oh, my god. Fascinating. I'm glad I'm not a lawyer. Yeah, you don't now you have no patent rights. You to should tweet with. that. Previously you had. Oh, I did. A you, lot. You, you, <laughs> gonna, no one gives a I'm fucking so, shit. I'm going to find that. I'm
3: going to retweet it and start this war all over again. No, please don't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, please don't. I'm, I'm so done with this. Yeah, now you have no patent rights to anything. That's why, okay, my learning for 2018, I don't know if we're getting there, but fuck that, uh, is license everything under Apache 2.0.
0: That's that the, is a great way
2: to That do is it, the right? best license. Yeah. It's better yeah. than MIT. Apache 2.0 is the best trend. Cheers.
3: Cheers. <laughs> Cheers.
2: So guess you learn some Vue? Yeah, I learned some Vue. Sorry, VUX. rant over.
3: Yeah. I I th- I think it's like actually if you come from Redux, like Vuex is I feel not Vuex Vuex Vuex. Yeah, it's not that it's not that crazy of a transition. So it's it's great. Mhm.
4: For me, I had a pretty big transformational year. Um, so I've been doing uh, iOS development and specifically Swift. Going actually, this kind of ties in well with what we were talking about with the complexity of service workers. Um, and I, th- I think some of the stuff that Brian was getting to, although I don't know exactly what he was getting at, but. <laughs> Does Brian ever even know? Me, me, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think no. I think you make a good point about some of the complexities, and maybe not complexity. Maybe complexity isn't the right word, but just some of the computer sciencey things that you don't deal with as a JavaScript developer. That I think is was really interesting for me to learn. And I think when you hear computer science things, you think binary search trees and sorting algorithms and all this stuff because that's what you have to learn to go through interviews, but there's so much more like in my opinion practical information like threads and concurrency and stuff that you don't get on uh, as much as a JavaScript developer. So anyway, it was even just like a static typed. I mean, I know that there's now ways to do this in JavaScript with with um, um Flow and TypeScript. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but for me, that's new because I didn't I didn't come from a, a uh, you know computer science degree or anything. So um, anyway, it was just it was it has been uh, so far really um, a really good trend for my personal. Cheers. Cheers! Cheers to
2: that. Swift is great. It's a cool language.
0: It is. It's nice and clean. Another one that I felt like, and it's something that we started using at uh, Netflix. So I played with it a bit. Is Kotlin uh, for Android is, is it's so very similar, nice so to
4: which yeah. is which is it, I, it, which is nice. I, yeah, and I was awesome. talking to some some of the Android developers, and like just like there's a concept of optionals. There's the concept yeah. of like all of the the core, uh, which is I just think is really. Uh, it goes to show that, like, these new languages are kind of agreeing upon. They're, the they're
0: thinking about yeah. it as in, like, you can probably grasp both the concepts very well. Um, I also feel like even as a JavaScript engineer, it's a little bit easier to Grasp than something like Objective-C. Oh, definitely. Like, oh, totally. I,
4: I mean, like, I, I work with, you know, still, still, like, if, if I'm working on a project right now where we're kind of working on this feature in feature parity, and I can send a JavaScript developer, Swift, and very easily reason about what's going on, very easily. I mean, yes. it's, 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 the syntax is very simple. Yeah. And the same thing great. with Kotlin. Yeah. And the same thing for, yeah, you're right, with Kotlin. And, and that's even like, great for mobile development with Kotlin and Swift being so similar, because then you can have, because that's, I mean, web, web too, but that's, <laughs> been, that's been an issue where you have... Typically smaller, maybe. I mean, I guess it depends on what you're working on, but I, uh, in my for my team, is typically smaller, you know, mobile teams. So it would be nice to be able to kind of float back and forth, uh, at least to some extent. On the and
0: platforms. I mean, you could between Objective C and Java, but there, I feel like Java or, uh, yeah. Like I feel like Kotlin. You can't. You can't. You can. You, can, you shouldn't. I've,
4: I've seen it. It's <laughs> like you definitely. can. I just feel like Kotlin and Swift are easier. For next, you won't. That's going to be your next theory. Right? <laughs> yeah.
2: No, it's uh, it's definitely convergent evolution. They both approach the problem from separate sides, and both arrived at similar. Like both of them feel like to me, having looked at them. Like if you took JavaScript today, if you were Brendan Eich today and had to design JavaScript in ten days, it would look more like Kotlin or Swift.
0: I like that Summary. That's very good. Yeah. So. As we lean into 2018, what are you most excited for? To get rid of Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's something we learned tonight. So, yeah. (laughs) I mean, for me, fingers crossed, we just talked about it. Service workers in Safari. I mean, it's in development now. I can't wait for that to fully hit. Um, Who knows when that'll hit, though? It might not happen in 2018, which is sad. I mean but come on if they've got a year let's hope that it yeah, does to,
2: but to double down on that like manifest.json um a bunch of those PWA type things that we've we've qualified already really if iOS will adopt those things like we'll see hockey stick growth on on progressive web apps right yeah <clears throat> on things like the the amazing like I'm I'm going to reference Henrik again but like the Starbucks um, web app for ordering things and the web, the Washington Post things for like the, all those PWAs. The problem is that Apple gets so much money from the web, from the the App Store that
1: thirty percent of their
2: well yeah thirty percent of
0: anything that you yeah
1: uh, I forgot how much their revenue is made from App Store but it's like pretty it's high. huge
0: I mean look at even every time it's they go on stage they talk about how many apps are in the App Store but
2: you have, you have to have like hope and faith that, like, they do have a really slick web payments API, right? We should, yes, I they mean, do. Let's have Nofel back on here to talk about web payments, because <laughs> yeah. he released this fantastic library for doing web payments with, uh, with, React Mo- with React Native. And in my opinion, and I've argued this online, the Apple Pay one is the best user experience, whether or not it's actually the best experience for, like, everyone involved, but... Um, I think with all these things that will give Apple enough impetus to expand
0: their reach. All right. I see you're on an iPhone 10. Do you actually think the Apple Pay is better on the iPhone 10, or is it better on the previous version?
2: Are you talking about double-clicking
0: the I button? Saw you, yeah, you, I saw bullshit. you tweet about this. I, it
2: just, it's, it's terrible. terrible. No. Uh, the onboarding experience is like, I spent 15 fucking minutes at Walgreens trying to figure out, like, what do I do? I'm double tapping the fucking Dude, screen. Dude, I had to Google it. I'm
0: like, wait, I have to Google? This is poor UX.
2: Okay, no, it was, it was my wife, who is, like, everyone knows. Everyone here has met my wife. She's far smarter than I am. She's like, maybe double click the button. I'm like, oh, fuck Apple. <laughs> <laughs> you still have to use a button. Yeah. No, no, no. Once I figured out it was the fucking button. So there's two things that they need to tell you. One, on an iPhone and every iPhone, the NFC is on the top of the iPhone. Mm. Everyone just nodded. I don't. I didn't of, know that. None of you knew mm. that, right? No, that's pretty obvious. It's not obvious. <laughs> hey, hey, I always thought hey, it was hey, in the middle. hey, Derek, that's, eat that, that, like, a fucking f- pick. I, yeah. <laughs> it is not <laughs> obvious. <laughs> it's still not obvious. I googled it. This is hard won battle, like. If you watch much. all of the keynotes like I do, okay. then
1: it's, True. it's obvious True. that it's on the top. Wait, here. wait, can I interrupt Brian's rant? One cool, go for it. Uh, going back to Big Disappointment 2017. the yeah. Yeah, iPhone Derek. Oh, I know. Okay. <laughs> Derek's still awesome. Derek's still awesome. I, I was not impressed with the flagship phones. Like, the iPhone 10 fully loaded, like, costs more than computers now. Like, a good MacBook Air or even, like, a small that was iPad. That was a little disappointing. The yeah. Pixel 2 is, like, the flagship from Google very expensive compared to the Nexus I'm not impressed either like it's cool but it, none of these phones have blown me away but like they just keep getting more expensive but nothing like, like radically has yeah, shifted so no. I'm like wow phones have really come
0: along you still have the assholes waiting in line for them too yeah can we get back to the highlights of 2017?
1: <laughs> <laughs> is, is that the iPhone 10? yeah <laughs> wait you have an iPhone like uh, Ryan you have an iPhone 10 I just got one Brian has an iPhone 10. Derek, you don't have an iPhone 10 yet?
0: Derek wa- Derek waited in line.
1: I have an iPhone 10. I got it the second day, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, he
0: was upset, man. He didn't I, get it the
2: first I, day. I was did not Did you compelled. see his tweets? I, no. yeah. <laughs> I, actually,
3: I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I don't know if I can reason getting... Like, with my own money. Like, company. <laughs> um, but, like, but, yeah, it's like... Yeah, it's a lot. Like, I It's like... I'd rather like okay. The way I'm picturing it, I'd rather someone steal my wallet than my phone. Like yeah. Like I'm I mean, walking around like holding a gold. Okay, maybe not a gold brick, but like it's it's, I mean, it's, it's, so it's too far. pretty. It's pretty expensive. I think though. But okay, like, so like I actually. I
4: want to hear actually. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. I actually do agree. I, I think that so, to some extent. Okay. Um, although I think for me I. I would whether it's a pixel or or whatever you, the phone whatever you think is yeah like the best the same phone,
2: shit different brand.
4: I would I would pay top dollar for a phone even more so than a laptop because I feel like it's the device that I use the most more day-to-day. than your laptop more than probably yeah. anything else which I, I don't, don't think is that a, though what,
0: You're coding what, what, on your what,
4: laptop every day. Well, I mean, but but I'm using my phone. Yeah, like you know, for, for yeah. even when I'm at yeah. home. So I just I feel like that like our our phones are are. I'm not saying in a way that you're always like on Facebook on it either. Just, just, to, just. I mean, it's just the it's a computer that you're using primarily, um, and I, I guess I don't, I don't mind spending money on that. But I do agree that that it's a lot of money for, for what, for what it is. Like I, as much as I love the iPhone 10, do I need like this all glass? Like you know, mm-hmm. like and I don't know if that's what it made it expensive. But that's just how they like were able to to do certain things and then that ended up making more expensive like the wireless charging i know that's what
1: they have to do that. which is nice yeah, yeah look, welcome to twenty twenty seventeen. 2017 apple wireless, wireless charging, charging. but a, you have Android to, Android. No, this is
4: the thing though no one and and i don't and and maybe they have just gotten lucky and maybe this will maybe their luck will will die but it's like everyone like bitches about the fact that 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 wireless charging like welcome to the market apple and, and wireless but but I mean, it is now like all of a sudden wireless chargers are everywhere and it's like, you know, it's and it's not because there's more Apple devices because we know there's not more Apple devices. No, more. because Apple Android finally devices. supported
0: it. I, I mean, that's the thing. But, uh, Which is what we're saying with PWAs. Yeah, so like it's, it's Apple does push that trend. NFC was everywhere in an Android device. Right. It honestly was. But Apple finally put it in the iPhone, and boom, we have Apple Pay, and now we have Google Pay everywhere as well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
4: Why is that, like that? That's what I think is something that I don't even know if they know how. how but the, but the, that is something that, that for some reason, whenever Apple introduces it, yep. it has it just becomes huge, yep. and it, it definitely helps everyone. I mean, it, yeah, it helps with the wireless charge. I'm sure people. That, I'm sure many wireless charger charging manufacturers are you know just like thank thank, thank you, you Apple. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, like, I, I think, I mean, I, let's not speculate too much on what Apple thinks, because one, who gives a shit, and two, who gives a shit. But it's like, Apple doesn't support something until it's a great UX, and Google will err more on the side of early adopters, right? Yeah,
0: which is not a bad thing. Which I guess I, like, need, like, we're appealing kind of to two
2: different markets. I think that's an okay thing. I, I'm a developer all day. I fight with my computer all day to get my thing to fucking compile. When I get home... I just want shit to work. Yeah,
1: That's why totally so I'm not agree. a PC
2: gamer. Like, I don't even, like PC gamers have a better time.
1: Yes, we do. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Yeah.
2: I, I've never disagreed with Jem about this, That's but true. I am lazy as shit. And Jem and I will also not disagree with, about this. No one will. That <laughs> uh, no so, <laughs> makes you a good engineer, though. That's so true. I sit at home and I just turn on my fucking PS4 and it just fucking works. I
4: totally agree. Like Even, even as much of an Apple fanboy as I am, like I, you would think that I would... I would jump to the newest version of iOS and I do when it comes out as, as public, but, but I will never install beta on my device. Cause I, I just, I want it to work. And that's mm. what I like about Apple. So I don't want to destroy that with don't, don't install high tier. Yeah. That's
2: what you're... I'm optimizing for. <laughs> I don't want to argue with my device.
1: Yeah. So, and Derek, you are absolutely correct. Ryan has made the same argument when I've been on many rants about how expensive phones are. Cause they are like more than a phone now They're your primary, many things. I don't like, it almost seems like plans obsolescence. Like, show me a phone that lasts more than two years, and it's like running as fast as it did the day it came out. It doesn't exist. It's a Nokia. Probably (laughs) is a Nokia (laughs) That flip
0: phone probably is still working. Two
1: years from now, I want to be like, hey, you all still on that iPhone X that you had? They're like, no, it's slow or it broke or something. Y'all playing
0: snake? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, getting back to uh, what we're excited to in 2018, the iPhone 10s. Not excited at all. Come on, uh, this table is too heavy for. All right, me to let's flip. let's move away from let's move away from iOS. Okay. You know what I'm super excited for? Android Insta apps. Yeah. I am so stoked Ooh. for that. I think it's like I don't buy it. It's amazing in the sense that uh, you can split up a piece of your app and have it launch instantly.
4: And do you buy it? I just, I just like here. I don't buy it. Of, what don't you buy? <laughs> don't you're going true. off of this podcast with a bang. <laughs> fuck
2: you. And fuck you. And fuck Disagree you with everything. You, to with
0: you know what, Brian? Brian's gonna go off of the bang as being like Microsoft didn't create it. It's not. Yeah. good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> We're all going back to Windows Phone 10. Because <laughs> that worked well. Metro! <laughs> okay. All right. Insta apps. Okay. Y- imagine you are all the product manager of Insta Apps. Yep. How the fuck are you going to educate people on what the fuck an Insta app is?
0: I mean, I don't think you have to in the in, no, the, you, in you, the sense of way that You Google's, definitely do. In the way you, that Google's presenting it though, maybe you have to educate the PM of the like company to adopt it. But as a user, you can actually link to it from a search term. So that can be happening in behind the scenes to the user, they don't need to know about it. Or, but you're talking more to the product manager, I guess. You did say that. So I mean, you just have Google to go around and do road shows all day long.
3: Can we can we clarify? I, I think I know yeah. what it's the apps okay. from Google I/O. It's it was, was it like you have an Android app and now you can download like a like a like a small like a small enough portion of it so that like then like from there you could like try some of the features in the app and then from there it's like easier to just like download the rest of it or something right. the
0: sort. And Google's even talked about trying to download the rest of the app in behind the
3: scenes. Right, and, right, right. Oh, which is. To me that's a badass feature, like
0: being able to just have this small piece, maybe it's a sign up flow. Mm -hmm. Like you could think of like Evernote, you go and you go to this page on Android and you sign up and in behind the scenes it's downloading the rest of the app. So to the user, that's seamless. Mm -hmm. Like that, that to me is like, that's a badass experience. You now don't have to go like sign up on the web and then say, go download the app, now log in. And I mean, yes, we can also do handoffs. I mean, shit, Brian, Smart Lock, right?
2: Oh my God. That, was, that one of was your first project. That was, that was literally my first project. I yeah.
1: like Smart Lock. Uh, technology changes, I wouldn't say excited, but things we're probably gonna see more of is we're gonna see more of the big tech companies throw their weight around. We saw a lot of it in 2017. Uh, instant apps is a good example. It's yeah. like make your app this size, otherwise you're going to get. Well, yeah, like, to be an, an, an
0: instant app, space. you have to be under a certain uh, right. percent or um,
1: size. We haven't mentioned it. Uh, AMP pages, very contentious, but, but yeah. very much like up. Google saying, like, here's how you build a web page. Do it this way, or we're going to drop you in rankings. Um, Facebook, they're whatever the hell they're doing. Because I, I still don't know what Facebook is doing. Because like they hire like crazy. They're building out their campus like it's getting massive and massive.
0: They've announced they're doing a San Francisco office. Right, but I
4: still don't know what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Like I
2: They announced today their UK office is expanding by 800 employees. Wow.
4: They're still they I mean I mean but they're also doing something similar to like the amp stuff, right? Like they have uh, what do they call it? instant articles or something where you have to build your page in a certain way or right. yep. yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, it's
1: like you want you want our 2 billion audience, you have to use our platform. Um, is said to than amp
2: I think it's It's, it's, the same concept.
4: They basically they basically will penalize you if you don't.
1: Yeah. Uh, Shit. Uh, But like, the argument has been made, and like I see this happening more in twenty eighteen is, I won't say it's the end of Silicon Valley as we know, but it is changing in that, if you're a competitor, Facebook will buy you, Google will buy you, Apple will buy you. Microsoft like, will buy you. Microsoft will buy, buy you. It's just <laughs> okay. <probably. laughs>
2: we just fist pounded me, me and Derek.
1: Selling out like champions, but <laughs> I already sold out. That's, that's true. true. <laughs> but but like, like, the game has changed. Where I think there's a lot of startups that no, we don't have like a feasible business model. We just want to get acquired because. That's That's a business business model model now. Totally.
4: But it's also, it's also a little bit of a, sorry, it's also a little bit of a vicious cycle, right? Like you, you, it's hard to compete as a startup when when you're just have these big companies that are just eating up other, so it's just like, you you almost have to be. Well, and those big companies are looking for smaller
0: people to uh, like invest in the technology, build it out, and then say, all right, cool, you've got it to this point, you've already, like it looks viable, let's just buy it up. It's not a bad model for the like small startup.
1: Should, wait, sh- like someone tell me a large social media platform that has launched in the past like three years, excluding Snapchat, which was a fluke because wait, he was had it, the offer to Wait, MySpace not? Hello. I was <laughs> just thinking that one. Hello? Hello? Yeah, and which, what happened? What yeah. happened? It like, yeah. yeah, it like
3: spiked in popularity, and then it just like... Because nobody realized yeah. what the hell it was. <laughs> it's like they all made it, and then... Oh, man. Yeah. You, oh, you, you,
2: you want to throw down about this? Because I was doing market research on it once upon a yeah. time, because I was I was supposed to launch MZ right? Yeah, good point. Ooh. Yeah, none. Zero. Zero is the answer to that question. MZ just closed their doors. So, yeah, no... LO spiked, and then they crashed. Uh, Snap would be the only one.
1: Snap is the exception, only because he turned down a crap ton of money, which most people would just take. Or Reddit,
2: which I also used to work for. Or Reddit, yeah. I
4: think an interesting trend. um, Cheers! Cheers. That that may continue, especially with some of these acquisitions. I don't know if it's for better or for worse, but a lot of companies seem like they're doing the the, uh, YouTube. I think YouTube was the first um, uh, version of basically a larger a company coming in and acquiring a smaller company and and supporting it to but like at its core product but not like overtaking it and making it like part of their own so youtube cool. instagram linkedin um so like there's it seems like there's a lot more it's kind of like the way beer companies are going
2: <laughs> yeah like, like you know craft beer craft
4: beer companies are like are not overtaken so that they can bring it into their own brand but in a way that they can provide capital to help expand
1: big change in 2018 we saw the end of net neutrality at least in America for international listeners it does not apply to you yet it probably will eventually because that's the way I mean it kind of
0: does because I I mean it's a start it's the start it's a start it's a start to the trend cheers
1: cheers Cheers. no no. I will not cheers that but
0: we are
2: cheersing
1: it's a bad thing it's silly to be it's like to explain to your grandma at some point just be like net neutrality is like your cable company saying or your power company saying like we're going to charge you a low rate for your refrigerator to run. But if you want to run your TV, we're going to charge you more money for that because we don't agree with that. If
4: you really want to yeah. realize how stupid it is, just go read about the counter arguments to it and the, the amount of money from like where that money is coming from. It's just it's, it seems just so obvious. Silly. They, they bought
1: Congress. They spent a lot of money to do that.
3: Yeah, there's like this tweet that I think... Um, there, I forgot what country doesn't has net, does not have net neutrality. Uh, I know what you're talking about. It's yeah. Portugal. Por- yeah, yeah, and there was like this tweet, and so basically, like ISPs will sell like bundles of apps they can use, and you can use, only use those apps. So you can buy like Messenger, like Snapchat, and whatever, and you pay like twenty a month for just those apps. I'm just, like, terrified that we're going to live in a world like that.
0: Oh, man. Right. That just seems complicated and, yeah, pain in the ass. I mean,
4: cable is bad enough, and, and it's finally getting to a point where, well, it's not yet there, but I'm hoping that eventually it will come to a point where you have you don't have to, 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 like, pay for all these different services just to get what you want. Um, but, it's yeah, I feel like net neutrality is going the exact opposite direction.
1: It's a bad thing, especially as web developers... It's a bad thing. Well, for we've all we've of us. we've
0: looked at it as like we build the web for everyone, right? And right. that's like, and we try to do that with like even markets that don't have uh, the best network connections. Is we're trying to think about that for performance and how do we make things work better? And then we're having this discussion of how can we cut and make more money? These large companies doing that, and uh, it just seems so anti-web. That that is literally against what yeah, the web that's was. That's not what we fought for. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: It's disappointing though, because like. They were going to win eventually. That That's what's disappointing that's about the sad. process. Like we have beat this down so many times, so many years, and it's just like they just won because I mean, like they just keep trying. They're just like, we'll just wait until you forget about it. And then like
0: it's nice to see the large companies though fighting back. Mm-hmm. We definitely have seen any of the like large tech companies are pushing back against it, which is good. I think that's that's helpful. Like, we need like, we need like Microsoft. Microsoft has definitely Microsoft, been one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. As we wrap up today's episode, <laughs> we'll leave it on a, on the note of net neutrality like is a bad thing. But as we wrap up the episode, let's share some interesting picks that we want to share with our listeners. Jem, you want to start it off? What do you have for
1: picks? Oh, man. Final picks of the year. That's yeah, a that's a tough pressure. one. Uh, my first pick is going to be Perf Matters Conference. Um, it's run by Estelle. That Jem guys. is
2: speaking at, deservedly so. Yeah.
1: I am speaking at uh, Paul Irish, Lynn Clark, a few other people. A few people were still... Uh, it's still uh, like up in the air, but it's going to be a very it looks like conference. an awesome conference. And Estelle is amazing. So yeah, so Estelle
2: awesome. Wales running it. Who is phenomenal? Yeah, she's great. Yeah,
1: she is a veteran of many conferences, so she knows that to are right. I think it's going to be a very, very good conference, and especially with the rise of kind of low-end markets kind of coming into the the foray of the web, I think performance is going to be even more important. Absolutely. My second pick is um, Slow TV. It is on Netflix. It is. Um, Do you watch slow TV? I love slow TV. It is, it's Norwegian, I believe. And it is, it's like eight hours of something really mundane. So one, I was watching it last night. It was eight hours of the train ride from Oslo to Bergen, which is supposed to be one of the most beautiful train rides in the world. I mean,
0: literally, if you Google slow, slow TV, that's the first thing that shows up. We were watching
1: a knitting one where they sheared a sheep and then by the end had knitted a sweater. And this is like eight hours continuously. It's just like amazing that this is on Netflix. If you ever need something in the background that's inoffensive to everybody, slow TV. Just put it in your office and people will be like, why are you watching a knitting competition? But it's amazing. And my final pick as a homage to uh, Derek and Brian is the Microsoft Surface Book 2. I saw it, someone had it in a meeting, and I was like, wow, that looks amazing, that is gorgeous. But like, that looks way better than a MacBook, the new MacBooks that came out. And it was a, like a Surface Book 2, and I was like, what? Microsoft has really like aesthetically knocked it out of the park on that one. It it is a good looking computer. Way better than those. Oh, why do we make a pick for the, the touch screens on or the touch bars on uh oh, oh, the ooh, things, we, about, things we hate? Yeah. yeah, yeah so that's, we should make that a pick. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm done. Have enough.
0: <laughs> Brian, what do you have?
1: Uh number one I'm
2: gonna pick uh Babel seven.
0: Ooh. Great pick.
2: Anyone that knows me knows that I'm a huge Babel fan. Um i've spoken at multiple conferences like i think everything that henry zoo and and company are doing is phenomenal i think it's definitely an under appreciated edge of the web yeah. um so support Babel. give them your money it's something that i've done i something i will continue to do i mean we take it for granted it works so well yep it is it is definitely one of those things that like it's just an underappreciated part of your infrastructure. That you yell at them when things are wrong, and then you don't support them when things are right.
1: Henry should be a pick. Henry is awesome. Henry
2: is I awesome. W- I will also pick Henry. I think we can kind of lump Webpack in there as well. And I think Parcel, which came out really recently, would be something worth your time checking out as well. Yeah, it looks promising.
1: Yep. What is Parcel for... So,
2: so so, for people that haven't seen it, Parcel is also another uh, JavaScript bundler. It's zero config. It works out, out of the box with no configuration, which is you can't say web, for Webpack. Webpack is the Swiss Army knife. It works with every use case. Parcel is going to give you like the fast path to compiling something with a really good configuration. There is another library out there that's based on Webpack that does very, very similar things to you. It's called... SFO
3: San Francisco (laughs) Airport
2: (laughs) Uh, Very similar. It's written by this really just giant asshole that no he's just joined Microsoft recently. Yeah He's the worst.
3: Oh, hey, I know
2: this. (laughs) This is Brian Holt (laughs) (laughs) I wrote wrote a library called SFO that does the same thing based on Webpack, Babel, ESLit It's even more opinionated on purpose. Yeah, it is.
0: Which kind of fits Brian Holt. Yeah, I was gonna say that's figures
2: And then my last pick is to not like the anti-pick of Derek Showers, that's it. Derek, that's a good way to segue into your picks. Just kidding. Um, I, I, I picked Derek Showers.
4: <laughs> I my first pick is um, a a podcast app that I I've been trying a, a bunch of them. I think I, I tried one that uses Breaker, Breaker, which
3: is
1: yeah
4: buggy and yeah I like the I like the concept of it. I gave up. I really like um, Castro. Have you guys tried no nope. Castro? I live on so Castro. It's, well, then this is perfect for you. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is iOS only, but it is—it's um, everything that I've been searching for. So, except with except the exception of the social piece, which I like to own breaker, Um But they basically let you manage your kind of up next queue really easily. They implemented drag and drop on iOS 11, um, and it's just a really really nice yeah, user experience. Cool. On the topic of conferences, um, I'm going to go with a Swift conference. Um, and turn off this s- mic. Shut it off. <laughs> <laughs> It's it. Uh, it's been one of my favorites. I went to the one in New York um, earlier this year. They also do one in Bangalore and Tokyo. So also cool destinations. Um, but um, it's a really good mix of people that are introduced, you know, being introduced to Swift and um, you know some some uh, more deeper deeper uh, level stuff. What's the um, conference called? Tri Swift. And my I'm gonna get sappy for my last pick. Um, our <laughs> it's is is our listeners because I think that we have like. We started. I remember we started this podcast was just like let's just get together and talk about shit and drink and, and we still drink. do that and we still do that. But um, for some reason, there's a lot of people that like listening to that.
2: So I know, it's um. weird. <laughs> but thank you, but that's weird. <laughs> Augustus, good trend. It was so Cheers.
3: Beautiful. Cheers. What a good trend. Cheers. Oh,
1: Ching. Pull it together, Gus.
0: All right, Augustus, what do you have for us?
1: Yeah, uh,
3: so I have two picks. Uh, one is. Um, uh, the Common Video, Common Voice Project by Mozilla. I'm like a huge fan of like these kind of crowdsourcing, like it's like a Duolingo or like a Moral Machine from MIT and stuff. Um, but this is like um, an effort to, to like kind of help with like voice recognition, so you can contribute, you can speak, and you can like help Mozilla. And I even think they have like a deep learning, like um, machine learning TensorFlow implementation for you, like that's open source, so you guys can play around with like voice thingies, my bobbers. So I thought that was really cool. Um, and my second pick is, uh, actually it was tweeted from Shirley. Um, like I, I also think Shirley's awesome. You guys should definitely check, check her out. Her Twitter, is all, she tweets awesome things and she has like a really awesome stream too. But she tweeted this thing recently. Um, it's algorithmic art by Tyler Hobbs. And he has this section called writings where he essentially like makes all this like art with like algorithms, like he like just codes it up. And the coolest thing is he like writes up how he does it. And it's like the it's like so in depth of how he like goes into like how he creates like all these really 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 cool art so
0: very cool all right well i have two picks one to kind of fit with the things for 2018 is I've been creating a list uh, for 2018 conferences. So I've added that all on GitHub. There's I've tried to get them all, but I'm sure I've missed some. So please contribute and Um, start Yeah. And start That'd be good. It's definitely just a start. So there's probably more conferences to be added. And then my second pick is I've recently started a new tattoo, my new sleeve. So I'm going to choose the artist names Kevin Marr. He focuses on Doing large Japanese pieces. Um, so, very, very cool work. What's his shop's name? He actually has his own private shop called Revolution. It Peter is in S. San Ed? Francisco. Yeah, it is in San Francisco. He's very picky on what he does. It's very just like large body Japanese. That's uses. how you know it's good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh Before well, it we, it's good. I, I have right. seen
2: it. I have validated. It is good.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Brian. And I, I'm gonna add to echo Derek's point. Is thank you to all the listeners. That's a huge pick for us uh, all. i, I about
2: like echo the Swift part, and I was gonna. You're,
0: you're going to like smack me <laughs> on the head for that, yeah. Cool. listeners, great. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: all right, before we end the episode, where can everyone get in touch with you all?
1: Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Jim Young, or send me an email, jim at netflix.com. I got a few good emails. So.
0: Awesome.
2: You have to instantiate an Azure instance to get in touch with me. <laughs> <you>? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just kidding. At uh, HoltBT on, on Twitter. I'm at Derek Showers and on Twitter. Or on uh, LinkedIn, direct
3: message. Yeah, you can reach me at Ogberto, um, A-U-G-B-U-R-T-O. Or you could also email me, A-Y-U-A-N, at Evernote.com.
0: I'm on ICQ. I mean, uh, I'm on... <laughs> Wait, what is your number? <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Burgess D. Ryan. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. Make sure to subscribe to the Front End Happy Hour podcast and follow us on Twitter at FrontEndHH. Any last words?
2: Dang. Ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy yeah. New <laughs> Year. Cheers.